0: Bloomberg Radio. From Largo to Seminole, this is
1: AM Tampa Bay
0: with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning,
1: and a good Wednesday morning to you from the mighty mouths of Tampa Bay. Jack Harris, Katie Vecino, and James Berlander, and of course, you're invited to hop in here at eight 800- hundred. Nine six nine nine three five two or you can text us at eight two nine four five and begin your text with the call letters WFLA. And we'll be checking their text messages all morning. Yep. So if you don't want to get on the air, you can just text us and we will read it for you. James or Katie will air it for you. So give us a call or text us if you have Anything you want to talk about here this morning? The um, July Fourth parade shooting suspect, well, they're still calling him a suspect, although they're pretty certain it was him, is now charged officially with seven counts of first-degree murder, and there are dozens of more charges that are expected against the suspect. And of course, now they know it's 21-year-old Robert the third, and uh, the sheriff said we anticipate dozens of more charges centering around each of the victims, um, psychological victims, physical victims, attempted murder charge, aggravated discharge charges, aggravated battery, dozens of more against them, but the seven counts of first degree murder come with a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole should he be convicted and he's expected to appear in court today where the uh, state's attorney will ask for krio to be held without bail I can't imagine he'd be able to bail out that's ridiculous but Anyway, they're going to seek the maximum sentence against him, obviously, and they still haven't figured out a motive for the shooting spree, but they've said Primo is speaking with investigators, and um, he had gone to the rooftop, and he was dressed in women's clothing, too. And investigators do believe he did this to conceal his facial tattoos and his identity, and to help him during the escape with the other people who were fleeing the uh, chaos and everything. But he was dressed in women's clothing. And they're hearing now from people that knew him that said he had some mental problems undoubtedly. But, you know, I normally just say this guy should be executed. He should be given the death penalty. But, When you think about it it's probably worse to have to stay in a jail cell the rest of your life so maybe a lifetime sentence is a better thing and I can't even imagine that he would be given bail for sure that's crazy by the way our tech expert Daniel James Scott will be joining us a little later on this morning so if you have any tech questions of any kind He can answer them, so call us here at 800-969-9352, and we'll throw them out there for Daniel James Scott. It's 10 after 5 on AM Tampa Bay on this Wednesday morning, and here's John Thomas now with traffic. Quick Quick takes.
0: Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know.
1: This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at thirteen minutes after five, Chris Strinkman in here from
2: the newsroom. And what's happening this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. Well, that two-year-old boy who was found alone walking around dead bodies after the chaos of the shooting massacre in Highland Park lost both his parents, Aiden McCarthy, now an orphan, after Kevin and Arena McCarthy confirmed among the seven dead. Illinois officials are saying that the suspect in the mass shooting somehow managed to get around the state's red flag gun laws. They're designed to keep guns out of the hands of people with violent tendencies. They say the suspect legally purchased five guns, including the alleged murder weapon, despite drawing attention from law enforcement on two occasions for suggesting that he might harm himself or others. He also had some stuff in the public domain on YouTube, videos suggesting violent actions and things of that nature. Yeah, this guy really sent a message out, I
1: think, that he was going to do something like this. And it's just a shame that they weren't able to act on it, to do something about it. And I think this is a lesson for people. If you know somebody like that, you want to act on it, do something, to make sure that somebody like that doesn't become a mass killer.
2: Yeah, I think they had done some things. He apparently had a collection of knives at one point. Before yeah. he bought guns. Uh, but the police are out there saying that, you know, the important thing about red flag laws is people have got to tell the police that there's somebody that could be a potential danger. Yeah. If people don't speak up, then the red law, red flag law doesn't do anything. And, and we're hearing from people now who
1: said they kind of felt this guy might be a danger, and they right. didn't do anything about it.
2: Yeah, that's right. So this killing is pretty much on their hands as well yeah it's tough though jack because you just don't know just because a guy acts weird and says some things doesn't mean you know he's going to go buy five guns and yeah. go shoot people that's and the tricky
1: part the other thing is they're going to have to do background checks and try to keep the guns out of the hands of somebody like that but unfortunately in today's world they can get those guns illegally they can still acquire the guns uh, regardless of where they do so legally or not.
2: Yeah, that's always been one of the arguments about the background check idea, you know, passing a law, and then criminals somehow find a way to get it without a background check. Yeah. So that is going to be part of the ongoing debate. You know, you had the vice president there calling for more gun laws uh, in Illinois yesterday, and there's going to be the ongoing uh, controversy about the fact that Illinois has some pretty strict gun laws. Oh, well,
1: they do, Chicago particularly. Yeah and yet there are more killings in Chicago than anywhere which should say to them, gun laws don't stop these things. You need other sources of help in stopping things like that. Gun laws make no difference whatsoever. Generally, gun laws keep guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens, not out of lawbreakers.
2: That's just ridiculous. Yeah, they're... Are definitely a lot of shootings in Chicago, but they certainly aren't buying the guns there because they're not for sale. Yeah. Orlando police trying to get to the bottom of what happened on Monday's fireworks show. People running for their lives after fearing gunshots in the area. Police say there was no evidence of any shots fired. They didn't find any gun activity at all. They suspect that the noise that sparked the panic was caused by someone setting off their own fireworks. You know, you can... Go to the Publix or go to one of those fireworks shops and buy a whole bunch of things. Oh, yeah. And if you bring those near a crowd, after what happened in Highland Park and just recent shootings in general, it appears people are more on edge, Jack. I mean, this Orlando wasn't the only city that had this problem. There were a number of fireworks shows in cities around the country where people heard these noises. At the ground level, you know, we're not talking about the professional fireworks up in the sky. These these are like fireworks that people brought to the oh, yeah. show. They set off a couple of things, and the next thing you know, people are running for their lives. Yeah, just firecrackers, things like that. And, right. Uh,
1: people are afraid that they are guns, but of course, all you got to do is you yeah. Know, in the old days, tell them at the fireworks places. Oh, I gotta get the fireworks to keep the animals out of my garden there
2: you go <laughs> that's right i keep those birds away from my corn yeah <laughs> <laughs> so in orlando the, they, they want people who have any video of this to come forward now i'm not sure you can file criminal charges for, for somebody setting off these things but at least you get to the bottom of, of who may have started the panic and yeah. and they could set an example of what not to do at one of these public events So rock legend Carlos Santana is recovering. He collapsed during a performance last night. Doctors say the 74-year-old guitarist was overcome by heat exhaustion and dehydration when he collapsed about an hour into the show at the Pine Knob Music Theater near Detroit. Medical staff attended to the uh, Rock Hall of Famer before he was carried off stage and he was taken to an emergency room, apparently doing well but obviously a scary sight for folks who are watching the show boy yeah if something you know, happens like all of those people watching that and yeah to see that happen is scary that's right so hopefully he's doing okay but it goes to show you jack it's hot out there and you know yeah <laughs> maybe they ought to get some fans no up there on these stages right <laughs> get some air conditioning or something but yeah, yeah.
1: We, we go walking <laughs> i'm just thinking someday
2: i might croak on that it's hot day yeah it's it's pretty brutal i mean this morning uh we were looking at the temperatures it's already past 80 degrees yeah what time is it you know 518 (laughs) so i mean you know it's it's that time of year where people have to be extra careful because of the the heat and the heat index once again expected to be around 100 degrees
1: yep that's the key the heat index because of that humidity here because you know out west they have temperatures of
2: 99, 100, 101, one, two
1: sure. hundred and four. You don't feel it, uh, though, without the humidity. It's dry yeah. heat. Yeah, very dry heat, and that makes a difference.
2: That's right. I've been out to California during the uh, Santa Ana winds, you know. Oh, yeah. And it blows all this hot air into the valley. And, and it's hot, but you just don't notice it when you're from Florida.
1: Yeah, that's it feels like sure. A, you
2: know, it's a nice day at the beach out there. Everyone's all complaining about how hot it is. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Come to Florida, you know. Yeah. Be a a man. Come down here.
1: The humidity (laughs) for sure. Well, Chris, we'll have more coming up here in 10 minutes at the bottom of the hour. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. And let's check in now 20 after 5 with John Thomas in
3: traffic. The
1: latest headlines, weather, and traffic
0: every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA.
1: It's 524 on AM Tampa Bay. Again, our number 800-969-9352. They've got a story here about more than 476,000 migrants eluded apprehension by the Border Patrol this fiscal year, according to the source at Customs and Border Protection. And that already eclipses the 389,000 who got away from the entire year last year and the source says the number recorded daily is based on evidence collected by a range of technology systems and aerial drones that capture the images and the uh, metric usually is not released by CDP and historically the Border Patrol has relied on traditional sign cutting techniques to locate and count footprints and other physical evidence left behind at the popular migrant crossings and they've removed that because the manpower is redirected to daily migrant care now in other words the people that were assigned the duty of stopping them from coming they're not doing that anymore yeah you
4: across not, the border Jack you're gonna get free medical care
1: oh yeah they're gonna get free everything you're getting free phones can you imagine that how would you like to get a free phone that would be nice well what you need to do is leave here go to Mexico break across the border and you'll get a free phone we're an idiot nation this is crazy the fact we're letting them in here if you're a a terrorist from the Middle East and say, I want to commit an act of terror in the U.S., all you got to do is come to Mexico and you're welcome. Come on in. Here's a radio. And don't forget, I
4: mean, DHS is soon going to end the Trump-era Migrant uh, Protection Protocol program as well. Yeah.
1: I mean, this is crazy what's happening right now. And I guess we're going to have to wait until there have been some terrorist acts and Americans wake up and say, we can't allow this to happen. And fortunately, you got some smart Texas governors, and well, Governor DeSantis as well. They're shipping these people, these illegal immigrants, up to Delaware, and let Biden's people take care of them. And you got to feel bad for
4: the for for the migrants, though, Jack, because a lot of them are being trafficked over, and a lot of them yeah. are are living in poor conditions. And I mean, not all of them are criminals, but at the same time, oh, I know, you well, know. And they've, they've got to migrate, you know, properly.
1: Many, many years ago, I emceed a, about 250 people who were becoming U.S. citizens. They had done everything. They had learned to speak English. They had done all sorts of other things to earn citizenship in this country.
4: Yeah, they have to accept the t- fact that it, it takes time.
1: Yeah. It's and not going to happen overnight. And they can do it. You can get citizenship into this country but i remember i was so impressed by looking out there and seeing that 250 people then and many of them were latinos and the whole point was they had worked to earn legal citizenship and yet we're allowing illegals to pour in they call them getaways and gotaways that's nearly twice the population of tampa that have gotten away and gotten into this country and are going to be paid for by you and i still say the job of the military is to protect america and why nobody has decided we need to send two or three divisions of our military down there and i'll guarantee you those people ain't going to get into this country but apparently i'm the only one that thinks we ought to do that that our military is well they're the ones supposed to protect our country.
4: Right. And I understand that the US is the greatest country in the world, but here's the thing. If if the environment is so bad down there, why don't they stand up to their government? Oh yeah. Cuz eventually but, we're going to be too way too full. We're we're going to be, you know, packed. No more room.
1: Yeah, that's so true. But We've got a government right now that doesn't care. We're ready to use taxpayer money to take care of them. It's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. Keeping you up on what's trending,
0: here's the AM Tampa Bay Trendsetter,
1: Katie Bacino. And at 537, what do we have trending this morning, Katie?
3: Well, Jack, I know you always love these stories. The list is out for the most unique baby names of last year. Ah. Yes, yeah, so the Social Security Administration they track all this, and they you know keep track of the baby names. So the unusual names for girls, infant. Not sure why you would name your child infant, but to each their own.
1: Infant, like I N F A N T. Yep,
3: infant, like an infant child.
4: They're so lazy. Oh, what's your infant's name? Infant.
3: And they're just like infant baby. Uh, I don't know They ought to, to
1: call it baby.
3: Yeah, Jeez. that's actually not on here. Alchemy. <laughs> coast which i don't hate i don't i don't don't, coast like the like coastline yeah coastline exactly like the ocean what was the other alchemy alchemy like a l c h e m y isn't that have to do something with science
1: kind of yeah i don't i don't know that's
3: pearly pearly is one of them curly pearly like a pearl that you find in the ocean but with a y pearly brilliance
1: brilliant kind of cute
3: epic Which isn't epic.
4: I feel like like our our coworker Zach would name his kid that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Hyatt, like the hotels, the Hyatt Regency. Um, (laughs) You were conceived at the Hyatt. (laughs) Nation Ibiza Anime Ibiza. Yes, like the. How do you
1: spell that?
3: Ibiza, like the destination. Ibiza party in Ibiza, Uh, anime. Not again. Not sure why you would name your child anime. And comfort is the last name for girls. Comfort. Comfort. Yes.
1: Well, I can see guys coming on to her. Hey, baby. I want to get some comfort.
3: There you go. <laughs> I want to get comfortable.
1: Line.
3: She gets older, she might be in trouble. Unusual names for boys. Woodland. I actually don't really hate a lot of these. Woodland. Fenway. That's an interesting name.
1: Fenway, like uh, the Boston yeah. baseball park. In fact, that's where the Rays won a game last night.
3: I kind of huh. like that, Fenway. I think that's an interesting name. Fenway.
1: And we've got the Fenway Hotel yes. here in Dunedin.
3: Been there before. That's a very nice place. Oh, yeah. Time, Thanos, Colorado, Zero, Well. Colorado.
1: Colorado. Colorado. A boy?
3: A, yeah, it's a boy's name, Ugh. Colorado. I wish it had how many people last year named their child this, but it doesn't have numbers I here. I
4: Colorado, you know, once he grows up, going to be smoking a ton.
3: The other ones are just boring. Wealth, science, Rambo. Uh, I mean, Rambo. If, you, if you name your child Rambo and he grows up to be like this tiny little scrawny man, that's just sad. Because Rambo, I picture you know, like a UFC fighter,
1: like like a Fabio a Rambo. Yeah, Rambo's these Sylvester Stallone movies.
3: Yeah, that's what I picture when I hear Rambo. So if you're gonna name your child Rambo, you better have you better hope that he grows up to be strong. Clever, mm. early, and keeper are the other names on that list, though. I like the boys' names better than I like the girls' names.
1: Yeah, that's people are pretty hard up for names when they come up with things like that.
3: I mean, I get wanting to be different, but some of these are just bizarre. Some of them are very lazy, like you said, James. Like who's just naming their child Infant in Colorado? Yeah. Or like. early. We had him early,
1: so we called him early.
3: <laughs> it's very bizarre. <laughs>
1: I like common names like Jack and James and Katie. I'm with you. Yeah, is your name Catherine?
3: I was just about to say everybody Ooh. thinks my name is short for something, but no, my brother named me after his kindergarten girlfriend, and oh, her name good. was Katie. So that's it's good.
1: I like your name. Your brother named you. That's the yes. way it should be. KT.
3: But my middle name is Lynn. So instead of naming me Caitlin, it just ended up being Katie Lynn. So.
4: Katie Lynn. How's Katie it feel Lynn. to be named after your brother's
1: girlfriend? Mm-hmm. That's a whole story in itself.
3: Who knows? <laughs> My name was going to be Brianna if my mom had named me.
1: hmm, I like the fact your brother did it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll have to get around to these sometimes, but there are illegal baby names in the U.S. And we'll do those one of these days. Meanwhile, it's 5.41. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Now, taking a look back at this day in history
0: on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris.
1: And checking out this day in history, let me grab it here, Uh, July 6th, in 1536, the explorer Jacques Cartier landed in St. Malo at the end of his second expedition to North America and returned with none of the gold that he expected to find there. 1777 in the Revolutionary War, the siege of Fort Ticonderoga. After a bombardment by British artillery under General John Burgoyne, American forces retreated from Fort Ticonderoga, which is up in New York. In 1779, the Battle of Granada, the French defeat the British naval forces during the Revolutionary War. 1854 in Jackson, Michigan, the first convention of the U.S. Republican Party is held. In 1885 Louis Pasteur successfully tested his vaccine against rabies on Joseph Meister a boy who was bitten by a rabid dog 1887 David Kalakua, monarch of the Kingdom of Hawaii is forced to sign the Bayonet Constitution which transferred much of his authority to the legislature of the Kingdom of Hawaii. 1892, 3,800 striking steel workers engage in a day-long battle with Pinkerton agents during the Homestead strike, leaving 10 dead and dozens wounded. 1917 World War I, Arabian troops led by T. E. Lawrence, known better as Lawrence of Arabia, and Audi Ibu uh, captured Ab- Agabaka from the Ottoman Empire, and that was during the Arab Revolt. 1919, the British dirigible R-34 lands in New York, completing the first crossing of the Atlantic Ocean by an airship. 1933, the first Major League All-Star game played in Chicago's Comiskey Park, and the American League defeated the National League 4-2. 1942, Anne Frank and her family go into hiding in the secret annex above her father's office in an Amsterdam warehouse. 1944, the Hartford Circus Fire, one of America's worst fire disasters, kills about 168 people and injures over 700 in Hartford, Connecticut. In 1944, Jackie Robinson refuses to move to the back of a bus, leading to a court-martial. Robinson, of course, was the first black Major League Baseball player for the Dodgers. 1944, the Hartford Circus Fire. Um, well, I think I did that one. Uh, 1957, Althea Gibson wins the Wimbledon Championships, becoming the first black athlete to do so. 1957, John Lennon and Paul McCartney meet for the first time as teenagers at the Woolton Feet, three years before forming the Beatles. 1962, as part of Operation Plowshare, the sedan nuclear test takes place. 1996, a McDonnell Douglas MD-88 operating as Delta Airlines Flight 1288. Experiences a turbine engine failure during takeoff from Pensacola International Airport, killing two and injuring five of the 147 on board. 2013, a Boeing 777, operating as Asiana Airlines Flight 214, crashes at San Francisco International Airport. Killing three and injuring 181 of the 307 on board. And then locally, July 7th, this would be for tomorrow, uh, 1927. 1927, voters reinstate the mayoral form of government in Tampa. And that is our Today in History for July 6th. It's 649 on A.M. Tampa Bay, and time to check on traffic now with John Thomas.
0: Live from the WFLA studios. This is AM Tampa Bay with
1: Jack Harris
0: on News Radio WFLA.
1: It's five fifty-two on AM Tampa Bay, and we're joined now by Rory O'Neill, our NBC News Radio Reporter. And this report is brought to you by the Oncology Institute, and Rory, we've got a new uh, survey showing that Americans are losing confidence in our fabled institutions like Congress and the Supreme Court.
5: Yeah, uh, the Gallup survey is done every year, and it's not just government. They ask how you feel about the medical system, the police, the military, uh, big tech corporations. So, yeah, it's a a little bit of everything. And what they found was that in every category, the number was down. Okay, it was flat when you look at labor unions. But other than that, everyone lost confidence in in the past year. Uh, The presidency leading the way, that was down 15 points. The Supreme Court not too far behind, down 11 points. What's interesting about the Supreme Court, uh, that was before, the, the survey was done before the Roe v. Wade decision was announced. So uh, that's a pretty big drop-off before that big headline-making story. Where we do still have confidence, at least a great deal or quite a lot, in small businesses. 68% of us have confidence in those small businesses, down just two percentage points from the, from the year before. The military comes in behind that at 64%. Everything after that is 50% under or less. And at the bottom of the barrel, by the way, Congress, 7% have a great deal or quite a lot of confidence. I'd like to meet that 7%.
1: <laughs> what about the uh, president?
5: Yeah, he was down 15 points, so he had the biggest drop in the past year. They call it the C, not necessarily... Uh, Joe Biden, but obviously, you know, the 15-point drop actually matches exactly with uh, the fall off in the president's approval rating.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a shame. I, I was reading a story about some people in Texas are looking to secede from the union. Have you seen that one?
5: Yeah, the, they, they like doing that, stirring that pot every couple of years. Every time, Yeah, but... They can't even have the, they don't even support their own electric grid they can 't keep the lights on and all that oil there so, you
1: know. <laughs> How true oh, by the way,
5: is. television news was second from the bottom, so uh, Congress is the bottom, television news just above it it lost five percentage points. Just eleven percent have a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in television news i 'm guessing just to guess that when you 're asked that, I think that 's more on the national standpoint. I think people like their local TV station, their local news anchor, but then You know, the talking heads at night, they probably get...
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. And and people are finding that the news is very biased. I mean, the national news is very biased on what they present and what they do. I mean, um, so much of it is so very left-leaning. Yeah,
5: so I think that's why there's uh, just the disconnect there, but only 11%. That's a tough sign for the business itself. Newspapers do a bit better. They're at 16%, but still that's down five points from the year before.
1: Yeah, and, of course, newspapers are disappearing rapidly all across the country.
5: Yeah, yeah, I was surprised, too, to see public schools so far down. You know, public school uh, confidence has fallen four points to 28%. That's a pretty dangerously low number. If only one in four people have a great deal of confidence in their public schools.
1: Yeah, that certainly is, and those are the ones charged with educating our kids and getting them ready for the future. So that's kind of scary. Right? Well, they're going to
5: take—they're educating the ones that have to take care of us.
1: Yes, indeed, that's true. <laughs> well, Rory, this report brought to you by the Oncology Institute a new kind of cancer care provider focused on clinical outcome, patient satisfaction, and designing a treatment plan that's right for you. Six locations across Tampa Bay. So make an appointment at the theoncologyinstitute.com. And, Rory, we will talk to you tomorrow. Hey, thanks, Jack. Thank you. It's 5.57 on AM Tampa Bay.
0: From Palm Harbor to Valrico, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning.
1: And a good morning as we engage in a little ruminating and fulminating and articulating here on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, Katie Vaccino and James Berlander. And, of course, you can join us, 800-969-9352. Or text us at 82945 and begin your text with the call letters WFLA. And have we gotten any texts this morning?
3: I will have to open up our text line and check, but I don't think so.
4: Yeah, looking at it, it doesn't seem like we have any other than,
1: yeah. someone's just glad that I'm back,
4: you know, so. You're welcome. you,
1: You can be the first of the morning, 82945. And begin your text with a call letters WFLA. We got some birthdays today here. Um, Terry Montrose, who is retired Colonel Montrose and uh, does PR out at McDill Air Force Base, among other things. Very important figure out there. In fact, he's the one, one of the ones we've worked with when we broadcast from McDill. Oh wow. So happy birthday, Terry, Lillian Stringer, uh, Linda Stacy Mills, who is originally from West Virginia, transferred here to Florida, a mountaineer, fellow mountaineer, Robert Mahoney, Paula Warren, and Mike Foley. So happy birthday to Terry, Lillian, Linda, Robert, Paula, and Mike. And do you have any birthdays this morning, Katie?
3: I have quite a few, more than I've had in a long time. Bryce Hodges, Kaylin Ball, Nick Niles, Anthony Gray, Mike Petty, and Haley Pupor.
1: You've got more than I have. Wow.
3: (laughs) I have a lot today.
1: Now, are these friends of yours or people you know from Facebook?
3: Well, I mean, I I pretty much usually only accept people that I I know for the most part, unless they're listeners and I have a lot of mutual friends. So I, I know all of these people.
4: So, how about you, James? For me, I've got one. uh, My buddy, Marshall Weinstein, who lives over in St. Pete. And I know he's a big talk radio fan, so he's probably listening right now. Just waking up.
1: Well, that's good. Yeah. So, happy birthday, Marshall. a happy birthday. Hey, here are seven phrases that they say you'll only know if you're from the south. And I know I use a few of them here. And I'm from West Virginia. Over yonder um that
4: means like over there then
1: yeah over there over yonder and they use examples here ma where's my favorite hat and she says i think i saw it over yonder how do you think they came up with the word yonder that's a good question yonder let's say they say yonder came from the dutch term uh g-i-n-d-e-r which means over there Ah. Okay, ornery, you've heard that one. Man, dad sure gets ornery when something he
4: doesn't like. So does ornery mean angry, or does ornery mean you're acting up?
1: Its basic definition means mean or cantankerous. Gotcha. Ornery. And it originated from a dialectical evolution of ordinary. Um, and it's just pronounced different here, ornery. Well, in in up north they say "ornery." Maybe they were missing teeth when they pronounced it. <laughs> yeah, Southerners say "ornery," just two syllables. Okay, bowed up. Don't get all bowed up. This is people getting upset. I thought maybe I would have to take a laxative or something. Ready to get in a fight. Uh, this one I use all the time. I reckon. I, an example, I reckon she's not going to have much luck today. Hmm. Um, essentially functions as I think, but reckon comes from the old Engu- English, English word gerasenian, which I've never heard, meaning to explain, recount or arrange in order. And it began in the 17th century in the South. So I reckon that's the story behind that fixing to. Heard that a lot. I'm fixing to go down to the store to get some more sugar. Hmm. I've heard you say that a couple times. Yeah. Well, I'm fixing to finish up and go home. Um And then, of course, this one, you hear it all over the South. Bless your heart. What did you say? Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> well, those are our seven phrases you'll only know if you're from the South. Let's see, you're not originally from the south, are you, James?
4: I was born in Brooksville, which is just about an hour north of Tampa here, but
1: Oh yeah, we know Brooksville. But I was
4: raised well. I was raised by a Pittsburgh family though. So you know A Pittsburgh family. Yeah, I'm right. the first Floridian of the family.
1: I spent a lot of time in that city. Hmm. Used to be in Morgantown for ten oh, wow. years. How about you, Katie? Were you born here?
3: Born in Tampa, raised in Zephyr Hills, yes, sir.
1: Son of a gun. She's the, even got that accent. The yeah. First citizen of Zephyr Hills.
3: Well, I don't know if I was the first.
1: No, you are you are now first citizen.
3: All right. I'll take of it.
1: Zephyr Hills. National Katie Day of Zephyr we'll Hills. make you the honorary <laughs> mayor.
3: Wow. I feel honored.
1: <laughs> it's 6 12 and time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. On
0: air and online at WFLANews.com. This is. Is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA.
1: It's 616 on AM Tampa Bay and our number 800 969 9352. And if you have any tech questions you want to ask, uh, Daniel James Scott, our tech expert, will be on hand next half hour and just call Katie or James and we'll get them to him and get your questions answered. By the way, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, his team, is scoffing at Governor Gavin Newsom's Independence Day ad, and you've probably heard about this, that encourages Florida residents to move out west to California. Uh, Dave Abrams, a spokesman for DeSantis' reelection campaign, said that Florida voters aren't likely impressed by newsom's handling of california and uh he went on to say the people of florida pay no mind to the pathetic smear campaigns from the democrats and their allies in the corporate media they say we're too busy enjoying the freedom that governor ron DeSantis has created in the sunshine state right but uh the ad was paid for by newsom's re-election campaign and Incited early speculation that he's going to be running for president in 2024. Wouldn't that be something? A showdown between Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. But.
4: Uh, Here's the thing if we moved to California, we wouldn't be able to afford to live there. We'd be on the streets, we'd be on Skid Row.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. Not to mention some other things not to be liked about California. Right. I mean, you've got uh, illegals are pouring into that state, and they're being accepted. They're allowed to vote in some places. There's too many hippy-dippies for me. Oh, yeah. Personally, yeah. Definitely so. You know, San Francisco used to be such a fantastic city. I mean, we're talking three decades ago or more, and, boy, I mean, it has turned into a dirt hole.
4: I mean, I always hear bad things about New York, but in California, people are just going to the bathroom
1: everywhere on the street, oh yeah, I mean even it even
4: is, outside the homes of celebrities
1: it's insane. it has gone so downhill, I mean particularly San Francisco, that used to be one of my favorite destinations, but I wouldn't go there now if you paid me i mean i wouldn't even visit there now, but they're saying that this is going to indicate that well, this uh, this comes, this ad, talking about um, how bad things are in the state of Florida. The quote here from Abrams, Gavin Newsom might as well light a pile of cash on fire past the popcorn for his desperate attempt to win back the California refugees who fled the hellhole he created and who come to Florida. And... This comes as more than 360,000 people left California in 2021 and moved to places like Florida because of affordability and access to jobs and a lot of other things like that. But both governors' names have been tossed around as potential 2024 presidential candidates, and I think the Santas would be a shoe in if that were the case. Hey, by the way, I just want to mention I got information about this, a book that Linda Hurtado Bond has written. Uh, I worked with her some at Channel 28 a few years ago, but it's a Cuban-American crime reporter races to interpret a serial killer's dropped clues, um, and basically it's a story that's based in Tampa. Um, If you want to check it out, it's called All the Broken Girls from Linda Hurtado Bond. Might want to check it out. Joy's going to read it, I think, so I'll learn more about it. And then it needs to be turned into a movie. Yeah. And, uh, well, I think I saw something here. Let me see. Well, she's got quite a background herself. But that would be neat to see a... uh, Oh, uh, rational homicide detective Tony Garcia needs more than a superstitious journalist's hunch. There's a serial killer lying in wait in a West Tampa neighborhood, and he needs proof. I'm just reading what the book's about, but that sounds like a... I'd watch it. I'd read it. Yeah. If it's about Tampa and filmed in Tampa, I'd love it. It's 621 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in with... John Thomas in traffic.
3: Certain states.
0: Live on the free I
1: Radio app. This is AM Tampa Bay
0: with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA.
1: 6.24 on AM Tampa Bay. And joining us now is our NBC News Radio reporter, Aaron Real. And um, while well they're continuing, of course, the investigation into the Independence Day shooting, up in Illinois, and we're learning a little more about the shooter, aren't we, Aaron?
6: Absolutely. We know a lot more this morning about Robert Bobby Cremo III, 21 years old. Just to start out, he's now been charged with seven counts of first-degree murder. They're expected to make their first court appearance today, he and his lawyer, Wednesday. And if convicted, it would result in life sentence imprisonment without parole. There are likely to be more charges added as the investigation continues, but it's interesting to learn a little bit more about his past. We He had a large online presence, so we can see that he posted a lot of music videos online in which there was some graphic content that was really uh, aggressive and also kind of a red flag that was not looked at or addressed because he he had in one video an image of him standing over dead bodies. And then also in September 2019, family members reported that Cremo threatened to, quote, kill himself. And when police came to the house, they responded to the home and removed 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword. It was then kicked up to the state police mental health unit. So it, there were some red flags, but it went long enough and unnoticed enough that we... Found ourselves in the situation that they were in in Highland Park this past weekend. This
1: is uh... unbelievable. The, the he's going to be appearing in court today, apparently, and the state's attorney will ask for him to be held without bail. I can't imagine any judge would allow him to be bailed out.
6: No, he. Yeah, you're one hundred percent correct. No, the, he will likely be remain detained. He. He murdered many people so far. It's, it's up to seven, five pronounced dead at the scene, two more succumbed to wounds that they sustained at the hospital, and then there's upwards of 41 victims. There might turn out to be more, and we're learning more about the victims. He will likely stay in prison. We don't see bail being a possibility.
1: And I didn't know this until the other day that he uh, read about it, that he was dressed as a woman.
6: Yes, this is interesting. So it was clearly premeditated. There was, uh, it was alluded to online in his post, but he did dress as a woman in order to evade detection and in also to hide his facial tattoos, which are obviously a marker that someone will remember. And it aided in his escape because after he shot down onto the parade, he fired over 70 rounds. He escaped from a ladder from the roof of the building, had this costume on, and just walked through the melee of people that were running from what they didn't know was happening next. He then got in, he walked on foot to his mother's house, got in her car drove around for several hours actually went into wisconsin then back into the northern suburbs of chicago was apprehended around 6:30 p.m the shooting was closer to 10 a.m and in his car the officers found another rifle in the vehicle as well as three other weapons that were all legally purchased those were found at his highwood home and the one weapon that he left at the scene is what led atf and the officers to him in the first place
1: yeah unbelievably that he bought the weapons legally, and uh, then used them for what he did. But anyway, we'll talk to you tomorrow, Aaron. Aaron Riel, our NBC News radio reporter. Thank you, Aaron.
6: Thank you. Have a great day.
1: You too. It's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's
0: hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris.
1: It's 6.36, and Katie, who is our dope of the day?
3: Well, his name is Oscar Mayorga. Mayorga. I'm quite confident I'm saying that correctly, about 40% confident. Um, He was pulled over in Eustis, Florida a few days ago after police officers saw him driving very recklessly. When they pulled him over, he had an open beer can in the cup holder, and he almost fell a few times getting out of the car for a field sobriety test. Now, this isn't unusual. Drunk people get pulled over all the time. The problem here is that Mayorga is a police officer in Apopka, where he got pulled over and he was in his patrol car on his way to work at the time. So, um, yeah, he's a li- in a little bit of trouble. You know you're driving really <laughs> bad if one of your fellow officers pulls you over. Because he was driving in his patrol car. You know he had to be driving pretty bad for them to be like, all right, we got to pull him over.
1: Oh, boy, do you know it.
3: He got arrested in a DUI charge, and he has been placed on paid administrative leave. So they're still paying him.
1: Oh.
4: My Lord. I hate getting pulled over.
3: Yeah, um, I know James is just saying that because I got pulled over on my way to work this morning.
1: This morning you did?
3: Yeah, I sure did.
1: (laughs) What did they get you for?
3: Well, I was going a little fast. I was doing 50 and a 35. That's not Um, too bad. That's nothing. No, I was like a quarter mile away from my house. I was running late for work. Uh, That set me back a few minutes. But the the police officer gave me a warning and he said, I need you to slow down so you don't hit the crackheads that jump out into the street. (laughs) that's what he said to me he's like i just slow down i don't want you to hit any crackheads so
1: well i'm glad you didn't get a ticket
3: me too i used my little charm and just gave him some puppy dog eyes i can only
1: imagine (laughs) Hmm. hey this is something interesting you came up with here the best and worst cities for recreation again it's wallet hub and the 10 best las vegas obviously Orlando because of all the Disney and all the other stuff Cincinnati I don't know how they came in fourth but Tampa came in fifth and then the ten worst cities Fort Wayne Indiana although they got a great bar there I enjoy you got Durham North Carolina's number eight Durham's a pretty neat place
4: well when they're talking about recreation what do you think they're talking about because um, in Tampa, I mean, there's not a lot to do in downtown Tampa. You've got bars, clubs, and, you know, but there's just a lot of walking to do.
1: Oh, and great parks and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, they say uh, they judge 100 of the largest cities on 47 factors in areas of entertainment and recreation facilities, costs, quality of parks, and weather. By the way, I do want to mention a park. Uh, I'm not going to have time to get it in here now, but Al Lopez Park, where we went walking over the weekend, and where she's a baseball Hall of Famer from here, he was put in the Hall of Fame in 1977. They used to have Al Lopez Field, which was demolished in 1989, but it's where the Cincinnati Reds used to do their um, spring training and everything. And the park was dedicated in 1992 because they tore the field down to put Raymond James Stadium there. And fortunately, they named the park after him because he was alive then. You don't want to see something named after you to be torn down. But fortunately, that park is terrific. Love it. It's 641 on AM Tampa Bay. And we've got Daniel James Scott's going to be coming on board in just a minute. But right now, we're going to check in with John Thomas in traffic. Computer got you
0: all comboozled. It's the techno-babble you just don't have time to understand. It's time for Technically Speaking with Daniel James Scott on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris.
1: And our tech expert is on board here. And uh, I'm looking at what you've written here that Google is going to start deleting what they call sensitive location data. What does that mean?
7: Yeah, so in a blog post on Friday, Google says it's going to start automatically deleting visits uh, from a location perspective to abortion clinics, domestic violence shelters, weight loss clinics and other potentially sensitive locations. and that'll be coming in the next uh, couple of weeks, and then the post also mentions that there'll be an update coming for Fitbit that'll let you delete multiple menstruation logs once you've been using it um from a health tracking perspective so i mean it's a it's a good step, but I think bottom line is why are you tracking of this well, we know like one point five trillion in revenue last year, but Why does all of this data need to be collected? Why do you need to know when I'm going to the grocery store? And as you've brought up multiple times,
1: you're serving me
7: up ads for bars constantly because I tend to hit a few bars.
1: Oh, I know. That is so amazing. I mean, and I've talked about it I don't know how many times, but, you know, we talk about going to a bar or something like that, and all of a sudden an ad pops up for a bar, and those things are listening to you. They know what you're talking about. It just knows way too much about us.
7: I went and looked. So I have everything turned off. No location tracking, nothing. And it still had over 100 gigabytes of information about me that I was able to download. Imagine if somebody had that much information about you and they're using a machine to be able to determine what you're going to do next. They're probably going to know. Yeah. Right, They know where you're going in the morning, here, obviously, yeah. and then across Tampa Bay. Uh, but they also know, because you travel so frequently, where you stop, what places you like to eat. It doesn't oh, even yeah. have to be listening to you with that much information to be able to say, we know this is where the car gets parked periodically. <laughs> we know what yeah. types of restaurants. There's no way that it needs to be tracking that much information. Here's the thing that's that's absolutely terrifying is – everything that you're doing online, which is so tied to Google, searches, looking at YouTube, whatever else, All of that stuff can be used as evidence in investigations. And there's just, and, and Google has to comply. So really the only middle ground we have here is just don't track as much information. There's no real reason why you need medical information about me because I did a search about something (laughs) medical related. There's just no, no reason you need any of that. And, and a good number, a good stat the company received more than 40,000 U.S. search warrants and subpoenas just in the first half of last year. 40,000 40, search 000, warrants? And that's ju- that's as many in the first half of last year as they received in all of 2020. So this isn't shrinking. This is becoming an exponential problem. And imagine if the government just had the ability to go pull records about you just because they wanted to know something. It's It's quite incredible.
1: Wow, that is unbelievable. I'm still i mean we've talked about it before i'm blown away by the um g p s the fact that it knows exactly where you are i mean to the foot practically yeah
7: it's it's pretty it's pretty terrifying and there's there's ways for them to be able to provide you GPS-based directions without having to track every little thing that you're doing. So I would just recommend anyone who's listening, you can always go to Google, click on your your picture in the upper right-hand corner, and, and there's two places you can look. Your data in search is one of the options, and you can go set everything that you need to. Google e- will even help you walk through it, but I would kind of take a look and see anything that you don't want tracked, And then in your settings, you can look at privacy and security, and you can do things like turn location uh, off. They don't have to know everything that you're doing at all times. I, I know I've mentioned this on this show before. I use a, a third-party program to delete all my data on a daily basis. I use uh, an app called Jumbo, which is out of France. And literally, it's just set it and forget it. I sign into my Google account. It goes in wipes everything clean out of alexa out of google
1: out of everything else on a daily basis i hope so well daniel where can people get in touch with you and follow you at spark catalyst on twitter i
7: love i love hearing everybody's thoughts so so thank you
1: yeah at spark catalyst on twitter for sure and we'll see you next week sounds good sounds better to me (laughs) for sure it's 6:50 on AM Tampa Bay and we check out traffic now with John Thomas.
0: Jack, Katie and James every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA.
1: It's 6:53 on AM Tampa Bay and Katie's got some good stuff here on our blog you've got to check out. And I love this one um you'll see a picture of John Wayne in the front of it but it says do you recognize any of these Hollywood stars from the past and I can't turn the sound up in here but it looks like they're they're all singing God bless America
3: they sure are
1: yeah a whole bunch of stars but you got to check that out and other neat things on there like the world's ugliest dog and how to get freshly squeezed orange juice without any oranges (laughs) but a bunch of other great things but i think you're gonna our listeners who've been around for a while i think you're gonna love this well these hollywood stars and singing stars and others this is uh, the
5: video
1: Uh, yep who is that singing bob hope oh bob hope yeah Yeah. he's one of the many on that thing but you want to check it out at amchampabay.com amchampabay.com one other quick thing i want to mention are actually there are two stories here that are indicative of life in florida and they're kind of warnings one was a teen girl attacked by a shark on uh florida beach up in taylor county perry florida off the uh, shores of perry county and had to have her leg amputated fortunately other than that she's going to be okay but we do have sharks out there if you've ever seen the movie jaws you're well aware of what they can do and then the other is about a Riverview boy, uh, 11 years old, he was struck by lightning in Riverview, and that's something you've got to watch out for here, because we are the lightning capital of the world, and I'm not talking about the hockey team, but we have more lightning than anybody, and in this case, they heard the thunder off in the distance, and the lightning seemingly just came out of nowhere the fact that he's alive is incredible yeah
4: blew him off the boat
1: yeah he was on a boat knocked him in the water his heart stopped beating and fortunately people straddled him and pushed and pushed and got his heart started and um apparently he is going to be okay now but paul Delgado, at 13 said lightning can strike 7 to 10 miles away from the apparent thunderstorm. So even if you see a thunderstorm in the distance, if you hear thunder, technically, you're in danger of being hit. Um, and the safest place is inside a structure or a vehicle with a metal roof. But Florida ranks first in the country for lightning strikes, and the odds of being Struck by a bolt in a given year, less than one in a million, But, and almost 90% of victims do survive, but still lightning kills about 20 people each year in the U.S., and hundreds more are injured, so just beware of that. Meanwhile, I'm going to be gone for a couple of days. We'll miss you. Well, I'll miss you all as well, but I'm sure you're going to, do some great work while I'm gone, and I'll try to listen on iHeart Radio wherever I might be. It sounds good. It's six fifty-seven, and I'll see you Tuesday on AM Tampa Bay. Live it up.